Pickaxe. Folks, welcome to Dungeons and Randomness. Since 2012, myself and an amazing cast of 18 have been telling stories in our homebrew world of Theria. Four different groups explore lost ruins, run for political office, rage against a mad king, set sail to long forgotten islands, and so much more. Every group has a different story and flavor, and every season or arc has a new set of groups and stories all building the history of our world with every single session. Literally hundreds of hours of stories are waiting for you as part of the Pickaxe Network. Check out Dungeons & Randomness wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you around the table. Happy Valentine's Week. Oh, so it is. I should have brought like a lovey-dovey thing, but I I didn't. Good, gross, uh, yeah, disgust, and it was yesterday anyway at the yeah. time of release. Yeah. So it's over. It's long. Love is in the past now. We're back mm-hmm. onto the poopy farty goodness. Yes, I guess depending on your tastes, you might be in hey, the poopy farty goodness on Valentine's. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a share of it's you know it's taking what's inside and outside and sharing it with the world. And if that's not love, I don't know what mm. is. The good thing yeah. about Podiats is that whenever International Fart Slash Poo Day is, <laughs> yeah. we won't have to make any effort. We'll just do a normal episode and it will be the special. <laughs> it's always International Pooey Fart Week with us. Yeah. Mm. Oh, you ever tried tooting Careless Whisper, Mikey? <laughs> Let me ask you because it seems like something you might have tried. Okay. What's the, what's the tune to uh, Careless Whisper? <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. I have a feeling that those aren't farts. Are those real farts? How dare you, Ben? How dare you, Ben? Those are 100% legitimate real farts. Have you lied to Parliament and the public? (laughs) Mr. Johnson would never lie to Parliament about his farts. That's a ludicrous ludicrous allegation. I will not hear it. Order. I just realised you're both Mr. Johnsons. That's wild. That's why I'm doing my very best to discredit the Johnson name so he comes down with me in a ball of fire. Yeah. I think he's doing a pretty good job of that, to be honest. All by himself. When I bleached my hair, I did kind of have bon- uh, Bonson. <laughs> I guess it is bon- Bonson. My name is bon- Bonsus Bonson. <laughs> Prime Minister Bonson. I had big Bonson energy when I had uh, bleached hair because my hair was all frizzly and just kind of doing whatever it wanted. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's a bright feature of me as a, a, a Bonson impersonator. I hope, I really hope the last straw, the thing that brings him down and forces him to resign is some sort of fart related incident. Yes, <laughs> fart scandal. The true Johnson scandal. Oh, dear. I don't think he farts. I don't think he has any like basic human functions. Well, he does it every time he opens his fucking mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's full yeah. of shit, isn't he? <laughs> he is, yeah. He is. He is. Uh, off with a real, real hard-hitting political discourse. Yes, hello, conservative listeners. I don't know that we have any of those. But no, I don't think we do. I think we scared well. them all off long ago. <laughs> I hope you're doing well. Should we get to the, um, uh, the, um, uh, help me. The, the Biting Political uh, Satire Podcast? Yes, yeah, so, so clever. do that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Podiots, the official... Official. Vidiots. Vidiots. A podcast. Podcast. It's a conversational podcast where we take some questions from you at home and obey the law of the three ers, where everybody brings... A A thing thing along to to talk talk about... about. Uh, Je m'appelle Benjamin. Uh, Ich heiße Peter. Me amo Miguel. 
Oh, I'm wow, really glad you. no one else chose Spanish because that's the only one I know. <laughs> Everyone was on it. Great. Damn, I should have said Peter. You guys did yours in, in the, the language of choice. Peter. Peter. Peter, du bist very tall. <laughs> du bist sehr gr- gr- gross. Right? Gross. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how she is, Robot Lady. We haven't checked well, yeah. in a while. Well. German Robot Lady. No, she know. just stopped speaking to us, which is very yeah. sad. Um, I might work on that while you boys tell me how <laughs> you're both doing. Ow, my elbow. Carry oh, on. Steady. <laughs> uh, I'm fine, thanks. Yeah, doing pretty well. How are you, Mikey? I'm good. I'm good. I had a, a, a mad weekend last night. I went to see Party Boy 69 do a DJ set in London. Oh, nice. That's the weed number. <laughs> yeah, love it. Sweet. Big, big weedy times. Good fun. Very expensive, though, but, you know, that's yeah. all part of the fun, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, how are you, Ben? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. You just said yeah. I'm digging around in the cupboard trying to find Robot Lady at the moment. a bit more filler while you find... I'm nearly just... done. I'm just scrolling to German. Hang on. Right. <laughs> on okay, your phone, got... in ringing up Robot Lady, you mean? I've got her. She's here. If She's this is going to be If this is going to be Robot Man, I'm going to be very sad. But here, here goes, everybody. Is she there? Peter, ich vermisse dich. Du bist ein riesiger, gutaussehender Junge. Oh. Fuhr, was für große Füße. Yes, indeed. Um, she said four, which I didn't think she would. Four. <laughs> oh, you actually what, wrote that in, did you? Yeah. What did four. she say, though, Peter? I, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I was actually a bit concerned because my entire computer froze up while I was playing. My <laughs> it, progress bar on my recording stopped. It required the entire computing power of the greater Newcastle area. Just to receive it, yeah. Uh, what did she say? She said... Peter, I miss you. You're a massive, handsome lad. Four what big feet. <laughs> well, she wasn't so good at saying four. Four, four what big feet. Four what big feet. Mm, absolutely. Four. Wow. I mean, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm blushing. Are you? Yes. Okay. Is he Are you full God? of accusations tonight, Ben? Jesus. Where were you when you were blushing? Yes or no? <laughs> no. Well, I don't oh, he's know good. How to he's very to good. That. He's so good. He's had Got so him. much media training. Yeah. He apologised. Leave him alone. <laughs> Did you apologise then? Uh, I just sort of said um, I didn't use the word sorry. So <sighs> an apology is a is a admittance to guilt. So we don't do that here. No. We don't do that here. There are no do apologies here. here. Oh, um, the biting satire continues, isn't it? You know, this, is what, <laughs> this is what people like. This is really what people want. Uh, and if you want more of this and you want to support us in doing this, you can go to streamlabs.com forward slash poddy. It's donations. That's dot com, by the way, not dot com, which I think is maybe <laughs> what I said, but I'm not sure. I Three pounds or com. more. Good. Well, yeah. I've yeah, incriminated myself there, haven't I? Hmm. By virtue of correcting myself. Three pounds or more gets you a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show and you can join Pod Squad. Mikey has the first squad available. We start strong with Dave Benson Piss Lips, lovely, Cook Newcomb, Microsoft acquired Caroline. <laughs> oh no, oh, no. Not, no, we need to keep someone independent. Damn it, anyone? Caroline. We don't talk about Ben. No, no, no. Bob. Oh, so oh, oh, curveball here. Bobby Bobaloony. Oh, Mister Black, Pro Trainer. Don Kidick. Oh, very, very, well, not very good, just good. <laughs> ben funged my token. Kermit the Pog. When life gives you nuggies, 
Armani. That sounds like a, a, a new tagline for the new Armani series. When life gives you nuggies. Armani. 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 And the very generous Arthur the Kitten. And they say, having suffered with anxiety and depression, I find comfort listening to you boys and girls. You're like a group of friends I catch up with every two weeks. It makes life a little easier. Thank you. Aww. Thank you, Arthur. Thanks, Arthur. Thank you. Thanks, Arthur. Thank you. Thanks, Arthur. <laughs> Windy Miller and Lord Brotovich. Thank you, everyone. Uh, we've also got Pet Shop Man, Bog Standard, Su- Suki Tanned, May Kai Contact. What is that? <laughs> I think that says suck it and make contact. Make, make eye contact. Yeah. Oh, make eye contact. Make right. eye contact. But the camel case is all over the shop. Suki tanned make eye contact. Great. Okay. Uh, cheap has <laughs> chips, Tristam. <laughs> That's a David Dickinson reference. Cheap as chips. Caroline, I change the locks. Oh, There's a snake in my boot. Lagatha Christie, David Dick in my son, Mr. Blobby becomes a radio DJ, 14 across apologize, Princess Daisy's Nuts. Oh, got him. Mona Wanks, we don't talk about Kevin, no, no. Uh, the very generous Stephen Skodes, who says, Hi, boys. January is, j- jan- January is usually a rough month for me, but Podiots, uh, the content on Triple Jump, and Mikey Streams helped this past January be less awful than normal. Thank you, boys, so much. You guys are all the best. Lots of love to you all. Thank you, Stephen. Keys, keys. Thank you, Stephen. you, Stephen. And we also had an exceptionally generous donation from Whoa. Swedish fan number one, who <gasps> said, just pie. wanted to say thank you. You boys are a pure joy to listen to. Please accept this donation to keep up the great work. Love you all. Well, thank you, Swedish fan number one. Oh, thank, thank you, Swedish fan number one. I know who you thank are. You. you DM'd me. We talked I'm, about Star Wars. I know who you are. I know, I know where you, you are. I know where yeah. you live. I know I your mum. I know what one of your favourite Star Wars films is. Oh. oh. Going to tell everyone. Blimey, O'Reilly. Yeah. Uh, finally, we've got Shag Mike, Kiss Peter, Marry Ben. How do you feel about those? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad none of them was kill. So, I mean, I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's good, actually. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, Brilliant. I'll take that. I like the use of the word Mike there. I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> no one ever calls him that. Mike. I only Mike. call Mike when I reach like 40. It's, I'm Mike. still Mikey and youthful at the minute. There's a hard cutoff, isn't there? You're going to turn 40 and then everyone calls you Mike. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's great. Okay, uh, the next one is Cora Jade skating into my heart, which I did read as Cora Jade scat into my heart. Oh, to no. Begin with, uh, which is not correct. I'm sorry. Bummer dog. Hawkman 105. Mothman Wilson. The very generous I'm the real Mandalorian who says, Hi, lovely boys and all girls. Thank you, uh, thanks for keeping us all sane and laughing. My fingers are crossed that your 50th slash 100th episode special is a Marvel slash DC style crossover combining the Triple Jump and Vidiots universes. Ashton and Mikey must meet soon to heal the world. I don't God, think they've ever been up. in the same room together. Um, how, do you, how do you know we're not the same person? Yeah. Well, we've seen compelling evidence that you might be the same person. Yeah. So by compelling evidence, do you mean people on YouTube making unwarranted comparisons? <laughs> well, just sort of injuries and knife yeah, etiquette. That's and true. That's true. Spilling well, and stuff like that. You know, it's just, you two it's just... cannot be allowed in the same kitchen. That's all. I'm she also saying. can't read no. things out loud. 
Um, so, <laughs> oh, we are the same person. Could be, yeah. I, th- yeah. I think, yeah, there's a, a balance there. I mean, you've got the two straight men and you need like the, the wacky third one, but having two straight men and two wackies, that's, oof, that's, that's, that's a recipe. I have for two wackies, that's too no. many. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Not too two many. straight men and uh, <laughs> one, one person who's not straight. <laughs> if they so wish. A, a uh, linear. A linear. Yeah, two straight men and one linear. Yeah, um, that's what we've I've want. just seen the next person in your list. Yeah, ben, that's... I I want to make sure I get this right. So one, two, three, four, five, six. We got oh, thank, cunt, thank... cunt, 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 cunt. Thank you for your donation. I just uh, want to say thanks to them, the real Mandalorian. There, I got. Yeah, thank you, the real Mandalorian. <laughs> yes, thank you, the real Mandalorian. <laughs> World War Two, the silliest war. <laughs> Old stance, Mister Macca, bloke on Trent, Don Acho Seven, just keep swimming, Ash, and Crapoleonic Wars. We had a couple oh, of very wars good. <laughs> Thank you so much to our pod squad for this week. That's streamlabs.com forward slash poddy. It's donations, three pounds or more. We love you. We love you. Love Thank you. you. Right. It is my turn once again to be question boy. Oh. Would you like a question? No. Uh, no? Yes, yes, please. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll just pack it in then, I suppose. We go home. <laughs> this is from Chloe Elizabeth at Old Fruit Cake. I don't know why I paused on Twitter. <laughs> who said, I've listened to every episode of Podiots and I don't think we've ever had a question about hair. Ooh. Are you happy with your natural hair colour? Ever considered dyeing it? Is there a style you'd like to try if you were brave enough? Love you, bye. Oh, here's a question. Here's a sore subject for me at the minute. <laughs> I think I've, but the, the hair loss is finally kicking in. And oh, I, no, I, is it? Yeah, I was kicked. It's, I think it's it started kicking in like alongside with the pandemics. I'm not sure if that exacerbated things, but it's... It's uh, well, not here to stay. That's the problem. So, oh, no. <laughs> hence why I now wear a lot of hats. I'm not too bothered about it. I think it might be funny to look bald. I'll, I'll ride the humor train of it, I guess. I'm Is sorry, your... I shouldn't have brought this question. I yeah, <laughs> real, really touched a nerve. Your... It's, it's fine. Is your maternal grandfather bald, Mikey? Yes, he. Well, very, very light wispy hair. So, right. I've, I've, I've inherited that from him. Cheers, Ian. Nice That's one. what they say. Maternal grandfather. I don't know why. It was something to do with. Yeah. Like you as as a boy, you inherit a major baldness gene, or or yeah. don't if if you don't from your mother's side. Um, so yeah, I, I plan not to reproduce just to to stop this gene in his yes. tracks. I'm doing my bit. <laughs> you could I rock do- it, you know, like uh, Andrew from Cultaholic. Yeah. As soon as oh, he yeah. started to bulge, just shaved it all off, and I can't remember what he looks like with hair anymore. Yeah, no. I think it's it sells that thing of like, oh, I look so different. But like majority of people you meet, they just only know you as a bald man. And yeah. plus, I get the added fun <laughs> of being able to slap hand sanitizer on my head. <laughs> yes, you can do that. You have could, to remember to wear um, sun cream though on your head. Remember, oh, George used to have that issue sometimes. He'd be like, "Oh, I need to need to watch what I'm doing. It's a sunny day." <laughs> yeah, sun cream your your dome. You could um, also cosplay as Jason Statham or oh. Vin Diesel. Or the yeah. Brock. Or Wallace. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Wallace, Wallace again. There we, I don't have to wear a, a swimming cap this time. Just, yeah. bam, paint myself white and I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've never been too adventurous with my hair. Um, bleached it a couple of times. And uh, the upkeep got a lot. So I've just, I've just reverted to my natural brownie blondie. I quite like it. I quite like hmm. it. I used to be blonder than I am. Um, yeah. It doesn't bother me that I'm not. But it, it kind of, I think like... When I stand next to other quite fair-haired people, like Ben, for example, like when people do drawings of us or, or make us in games or whatever, Ben is naturally, they, they, they make him decidedly blonde. <laughs> and I think 
of on my own, if people look at me, they would say, "Yeah, you're you're quote you're kind of blonde to it to yeah. an extent." I, I would say you are blonde, but then when I stand next to a proper blonde person, they think that I've just sort of got mousy kind of middle ground hair. Sorry, um, Peter. That's okay. Yeah, it's all your fault specifically. <laughs> no, um, fucked it up for us. Some people think that I think again. They often draw you as ginger. Which yeah, is they, not I was going to say they often draw me as ginger, and I'm I'm not. Um, sort of like defensive about that or like I I wouldn't mind if I was but uh, no I'm not ginger like I'm not saying it like that but I'm just not like if you want to be factually correct I I'm not I don't have ginger hair but like I wouldn't mind if I did um mm. but yeah I thought, I, I thought well, the um the word for like you know people who don't like gingers is this clemenophobia I've just googled it and I think is it I, well I've just googled it nothing's like coming up fear of clementines yeah I think yeah it's uh I got told a lie years ago, and I've carried it with me this entire time. Oh, no. Oh, damn, damn it. That's a shame. Um, that that um, one about the fear of long words is a lie as well. You know, it's like <gasps> hippo-giganta-lexa-something. It's like got like 60 letters in it, and mm. it's like an ironic <laughs> thing, but it's a joke, I think. It's not real. Like the, the fear of words that spell the same forwards and backwards or whatever the hell those, those are called. Are those hippodromes? Palindromes? What are those? Palindromes. Not hippodromes. <laughs> <laughs> you said hippo and I was like, I swear there's like a hippodrome thing. That's a fear of cyclists. That's a venue, isn't it? It's something yeah. like yes. that. Yeah, that's a velodrome. Uh, oh yeah, different. can't even get that right. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like one of those, but it's, it's yeah, it's this stupid word that's like phobia backwards. It says phobia. Slapped on. Yeah. I don't know if that's real. Uh, have you not. ever wanted to dye your hair, Peter? No, I've never wanted to dye it. Um, I mean, if again, I wouldn't necessarily mind, but I just I've never never thought about it. Maybe I would try it dark, like quite dark. Give that a go. I've never been dark haired, or maybe I'd go, you know, bleached bleached tips, not frosted tips. <laughs> Ooh, but, frosted you know, tips, hell yeah, oh, um, very cool. Maybe maybe something like that. But no, I've never I've never like done that much with my hair. And actually, when I don't put product in it, and then I see myself on camera, I'm like, oh, why didn't I just put a little bit of clay in the fringe like i really don't actually like it that much when it's down but i'm just i've never been in the habit of doing it so i quite often forget to, mm. to do it but yeah i've not really bothered one way or the other about it i think one thing i don't like about it is it's very sort of soft or like light and thin uh it's not thin in the sense mm. that it looks thin but it um is just kind of floppy it's, and wispy and it's difficult to work with yeah exactly and if i when i wash it uh, for about 24 hours when it's freshly washed it is just like I don't know it's like having duck down on my head which is not <laughs> nice it just doesn't do anything it's just flopped flat on my head I really hate it so as soon as I wash it that's if if I'm ever going to put like clay in my hair it's immediately after washing it which is really counterintuitive so yeah that's a bit annoying but I, I reckon mind. you could you could rock the uh, Dick Marchenko, like short, spiky, uppy hair. Yeah. Like, yeah, get yeah, a trim. So. Whack your hair full of wax. You're looking yeah. fresh, my friend. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Rock what about you, Ben? You like your hair? Yeah, I like my hair fine. I've had my hair the same way for, for, a, for quite a while. Um, and it's getting darker as I get older, which was the same for my dad. Mm. Uh, he's sort of got like a mousy, sandy blonde hair now. Uh, but his hair used to look like mine when he was my age, so it's it's only going to darken from here. But I've never disliked my hair. I quite like the hair color. 
you know, it was easy pickings for bullies, Milky Bar Kid, etc. Even though, really? right? There was what? another kid on my bus who was slightly younger than me and wore glasses and looked just like the fucking Milky Bar Kid. Wore a cowboy like, hat every but day. It, wasn't, it wouldn't have really been becoming of me to say, look, that guy's a way easier bully target than me. Go bully him. Leave me alone. Go bully this other kid. Uh, so there wasn't really bullying. It was just sort of like teasing, but... Yeah. That wasn't that wasn't great, but I've never disliked my blonde hair. Really, that used to be when I was blonder. That used to be one of my go-to, um, you know, games where you have to like tell one lie and two truths, or two lies and one <laughs> truth. I used to say that I was this the backup Milky Bar kid in like two thousand and three or something, and uh, <laughs> if he'd ever been ill or something, I would have been the it would have been me, but I never got to do it. Uh, and some people used to believe it. Um, but not anymore, I don't think. I went through my entire youth having a pretty strong ball cut. I never once got any <laughs> flack for that, and I feel like that's an injustice. That, that's no, such an easy target. We could bully you now if you want. Yeah, yeah, if you don't mind, just to help me, like miss out, like you know, fill in the missed opportunities. Well, give me your worst. Which um, uh, which monastery are you a member of? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um, hang on. It's, it's going to be a doozy. Just you wait. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's going to be really good. Uh, hang on. Yeah. It's, it's coming. Um, just take, think like a child. Like, it doesn't have to make sense. It just <laughs> has to be just mean. Standing in front of his bully in the in the playground, waiting for the bully to say <laughs> something rude. <laughs> yeah, come on in. Um, uh um, I can't. I can't do it. it no. It's quite hard, actually. I mean, I I've been thrown off because one of you has just tweeted the Milky Bar Kid, and he's just staring at me now. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just staring at me, and I can't look away. Um, bowl cut. Yeah. Actually, that's it. I think you just have to <laughs> bowl cut. <laughs> just pointing. Bowl cut. Bowl cut? Question mark. <laughs> That's it. Perfect. You nailed it. I think that's you've, you've kind of epitomized childhood wondering, wouldn't it? It would leave you wondering afterwards. Like, oh, what the fuck what did it? he mean? You just what? resign yourself about? and go, yeah, yeah. Maybe I is. am a bowl cut. Bowl cut? <laughs> bowl oh. cut? Wow. Uh, I did want to dye my hair green briefly. Oh, wow. Nice. Really? Went through, yeah, went through that stage, but that was uh, secondary school. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I ended up, fascinating, brilliant story. And no, I, I ended up not doing it. Was that fun? Did you enjoy that ride? Was that a yeah. fun ride? Are you going to go for like the Frank Ocean luminous lime green? Um, let's I've see. Just, I've just put a picture of it in there. For some reason, Ooh. he's holding a green baby. I don't Why know. Is I don't he know what that's a green baby from. like that. No, more sort of the sort of an. Uh, I don't know what how to describe it. Sort of more toxic green. Oh yeah, not really green. Wow. I don't know. Yeah. It was a very brief phase, and I'm sort glad. Billy Eilish hair. <laughs> yeah, kinda. But yeah. probably more damage done to my hair because it came out of a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> but I never did it. Never dyed my hair. And uh, probably never will at this point unless, you know, I get get a role as um, fucking Superman or something. That's in the works, by the way. <laughs> going to be what, Superman you, soon. You what, auditioning what? as Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big yeah. time. I'm going to be Superman soon. Bowl so. cut. Bowl, <laughs> bowl cut. Bowl um, cut. Brilliant. Right. Who Lovely. would like to do a thing? 
I've got a thing that I'm very excited to share with you. I think it's fascinating. Ooh. Really, really bigging it up before we Fucking get going. Baby. This is a, a brand new venture into uh, weird Capetia territory. Mm. Um, things are about to get weird. I stumbled across this weeks and weeks ago, and I've been meaning to bring it as a thing at some point. I don't know where I saw it, but here it is. This is all about cargo cults. Okay. Ooh, okay. okay. A cargo cult is an indigenous mil- millenarian belief system. Don't ask me what millenarian means. I think it might mean that it's from Melanesia because we're the, about to be the, the Church of Salmon Miller. Yeah, probably. Uh, it's a really positive kind of cult, you know. Uh, it's a millenarian belief system in which adherents perform rituals which they believe will cause a more technologically advanced society to deliver goods. These cults were first described in Melanesia in the wake of contact with Allied military forces during the Second World War. Isolated and pre-industrial island cultures that were lacking technology experienced soldiers and supplies arriving in large numbers, often by airdrop. The soldiers would then trade with the islanders. After the war, the soldiers departed, and cargo cults arose, attempting to imitate the behaviours of the soldiers, thinking that this would cause the soldiers and their cargo to return. <laughs> some, some cult behaviours involved mimicking the day-to-day activities and dress styles of soldiers, such as performing parade ground drills with wooden or salvaged rifles. Oh my god. So that's just the introduction there. Uh, so here we go. Cargo cults. It's a bit dry. This article. I don't know who wrote it. Mister Wikipedia man was uh, really trying to trying to bore people with this very interesting topic. But we'll see how it goes. Um, cargo cults are marked by a number of common characteristic ca- characteristics, including a quote myth dream that is a synthesis of indigenous and foreign elements. Uh, also, the expectation of help from the ancestors, charismatic leaders, and lastly, belief in the appearance of an abundance of goods. The indigenous societies of Melanesia were typically characterised by a big man political system in which individuals gained prestige through gift exchanges. The more wealth a man could distribute, the more people who were in his debt, and the greater his renown. And he would then become big man. Big man. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually a technical term. Big man. It's an anthropological term, according to the hyperlink. Um, Wow. But wait, there's more. Those who were unable to reciprocate the big man were identified as rubbish men. Oh, Oh, no. no, That would be me. I would be the rubbish man. You'd be a rubbish man. Um, Faced via colonialism with foreigners who who, who had a seemingly unending supply of goods for exchange... Indigenous Melanesians experienced value dominance. That is to say, they were dominated by others in terms of their own value system, not the foreign value system. An exchange with the foreigners left them feeling all like rubbish men. Oh, no. Because all these soldiers appeared with, like, like crazy amounts of supplies, you know, seemingly unending cargo and stuff. Since the modern manufacturing process is unknown to them, members, leaders, and prophets of the cults maintain that the manufactured goods of the non-native culture, that's the soldiers, have been created by spiritual means, such as through their, uh, such as through the the ancestral, uh, sorry, hang on, what am I looking at? Uh, the indigenous people's um, gods. Um, so these goods are intended for the local indigenous people, but 
The foreigners have unfairly gained control of these objects through malice or mistake. Thus, a characteristic feature of cargo cults is the belief that spiritual agents will, at some point in the future time, give much valuable cargo and desirable manufactured products to the cult members instead of, say, the soldiers. Um, so there are a couple, a couple of examples now of ones that actually existed. Um, yes, the main one was was touched on in the intro, the Pacific cults of World War Two. Specific. Uh, the, Pacific, sorry, the specific cults of World War II. <laughs> uh, the most widely known period of cargo cult activity occurred among the Melanesian islanders in the Pacific uh, during and after World War II. A small population of indigenous people observed, often directly in front of their own dwellings, the largest war ever fought by technologically advanced nations. The Japanese distributed goods and used the beliefs of the Melanesians to attempt to gain their compliance, and later the Allied forces arrived in the islands. The vast amounts of military equipment and supplies that both sides airdropped to their troops or airlifted to the airstrips on these islands meant that drastic changes that uh, meant drastic changes to the lifestyle of the islanders, many of whom had never seen outsiders before. Manufactured clothing, medicine, canned foods, tents, weapons, and other goods arrived in vast quantities for the soldiers, who often shared some of it with the islanders, who were their guides and hosts. This was true of the Japanese army as well, at least initially, before relations deteriorated in most regions. That's got to be a hell of an introduction for those guys. You can see yeah. why they'd form a lot of like religious beliefs around it. Like, oh, the, the God's dropping gifts from the sky, and it's filled with all this f- amazing technology you've never seen before. I, That's I, the I get thing, it. like... You you would never have I would never have predicted that this could, you know you would never think that this would be a thing but mm. when you just see it laid out like that it makes total sense that of course these indigenous populations just saw all this stuff arrive and they were like this is some kind of you know deity related event like what is going on here um, so the John Frum cult one of the most widely reported and longest lived formed on the island of Tana. Uh, Vanautu uh, Tana Vanautu this movement started before the war and became a cargo cult afterwards lasting decades cult members worshipped certain unspecified Americans having the name John Frum or Tom Navy who they claimed had brought (laughs) cargo to their island during World War II and whom they identified as being the spiritual entity who would provide cargo to them in the future so that started during World War Two, but it, it carried on into the 70s and, and I think perhaps later on. Um, they had this memory of these Americans coming in during the war and they thought, they'll be back. They'll bring that cargo. Huh. Um, the segment called Post-War Developments here. With the end of the war, the military abandoned their air bases and stopped dropping cargo. In response, charismatic individuals developed the cults among remote Melanesian populations that promised to bestow on their followers deliveries of food, arms, jeeps, etc. The cult leaders explained that the cargo would be gifts from their own ancestors or other sources, as had occurred with the outsider armies. In attempt to get cargo to fall by parachute or land in planes or ships again, islanders imitated the same practices they had seen the military personnel use. Cult behaviours usually involved mimicking the day-to-day activities and dress styles of the US soldiers, such as performing parade ground drills with wooden or salvage rifles. The islanders carved headphones from wood and wall... <laughs> And wore them while sitting in fabricated control towers. Oh they my waved God, that's the lantern. Isn't it strange? 
They waved the landing signals while standing on the runways. They lit signal fires and torches to light up the runways and lighthouses. In a form of sympathetic magic, uh, that's a kind of magic belief system that, I mean, it's cross-cultural. It just means you sort of do one thing to to make the same thing happen on a different scale. So it's... uh, Um, like in a I mean it's quite a reductive example but stabbing a voodoo doll you know you're trying to make a real person feel pain in that in that place yeah, yeah. Um, that makes sense. Of... They, they see all these people like yeah doing exactly what they're trying to replicate like yeah. this work this brought these things surely exactly it yeah um, in a form of sympathetic magic many built life-size replicas of airplanes out of straw and Whoa. cut new military style landing strips out of the jungle hoping to attract more airplanes the cult members thought that the foreigners had some special connection to the deities and ancestors of the natives, who were the only beings powerful enough to produce such riches. Cargo cults were typically created by individual leaders or big men in the Mel- uh, Melanesian culture, and it's not clear if these leaders were actually sincere or were simply running scams on gullible populations. The leaders typically held cult rituals well away from established towns and colonial authorities, thus making reliable information about these practices very difficult to acquire. Um, and there's there's one last example here that you two will have heard of, but I never thought of it as being a, a, a cargo cult. I mean, I, I never knew they existed. But you guys will be aware of the Prince Philip tribe, right? What? No. Oh, really? <laughs> Are you not aware of this tribe that has... That worships Prince Philip. No, I'm as a not. god. No, that is right. spectacular. Okay, I'd heard yeah, of please. them. I'd read about it on the internet, but I didn't realise it was kind of for this reason. Um, okay, well, I'll tell you all about that then. Uh, according to ancient Ye- Yeonanan tr- uh, tales, like folk tales, pre long pre Prince Philip. I know he was an old man, but this goes back. I think centuries or, or millennia uh, they believed the son of a mountain spirit travelled over the seas to a distant land there he married a powerful woman and in time would return to them he was sometimes said to be a brother uh, to John Frum you know, the aforementioned uh, mm. friend of Tom Navy um, the people of the Yawananan and Takel area believe in the divinity of Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, the late consort to Queen Elizabeth II. They'd seen the respect accorded to the Queen, uh, to Queen Elizabeth by colonial officials and therefore concluded that her husband, Prince Philip, must be the son referred to in their legends because they had the legend of this son who went away, married a powerful woman and would come back. Um, it's unclear just when this belief came about, but it was probably sometime in the 1950s or 1960s. It was strengthened by the royal couple's official visit to Van Vanautu in 1974. Wow. I'm probably butchering all of these place names. Uh, when a few villagers had the opportunity to actually see Prince Philip from a distance. The prince was not then aware of the sect, but it was brought to his attention several years later by John Champion, the British resident commissioner in the New Hebrides. Um... It's probably just as well that Prince Philip didn't approach the uh, <laughs> the uh, the local people um, because we all know what he was like. Oh God, <laughs> he would have brought uh, that that dream of theirs coming. Yeah, crashed down absolutely. Quite fast, wouldn't it? Well, I say that, but there's there's <laughs> one little bit left racism. here. <laughs> yeah, well, you'd think so, but. Champion suggested, Champion, that was the uh, the resident commissioner, mm. uh, suggested that Prince Philip send them a portrait of himself 
He agreed and sent a signed official photograph. The villagers responded by sending him a traditional pig-killing club called a nal-nal. In compliance with their request, the prince sent them a photograph of himself posing with the club. Another (laughs) photograph was sent in 2000, and all three photographs were kept by Chief Jack Naver, who died in 2009. That's spectacular. Wow, what a finish. Um, wow and so this is sort of like what we've seen in various well various depictions in media and popular culture like in for example fallout 3 where the uh mm-hmm. there's that cult that worships the the nuclear bomb that's unexploded yeah. in that town. atom yeah the cult yeah. of atom or whatever flip they're called that's uh yeah i suppose that does make sense that such a thing would exist in real life it's usually depicted in a post-apocalyptic scenario though isn't it yeah, um, there's a little bit more here that I didn't copy into my document, uh, but from the there's a whole Wikipedia page for the Prince Philip movement. Uh, it says the sect celebrated the 2018 wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle by holding a party where they hoisted the Union Jack, danced and ate pigs. The oh. villagers were initially unaware of the wedding until a travel agent for the island uh, who was contacted by the Times relayed the message. Do they know that Prince Philip is dead? What was their reaction to that? Oh, no. There's a section here. Reaction to Prince Philip's death. In April 2021, the sect mourned Prince Philip's death. Village chief Albie said that he was terribly, terribly sorry that he died. And tribal leader Chief Yapa sent his condolences to the royal family and the people of the UK. The Union flag was flown at half-mast on the grounds of the Nakamal, which is a traditional meeting place. Um... A formal mourning period was declared and many tribespeople gathered on the 12th of April in a ceremony to remember the Duke where men took turns to speak and pay tribute to him. That's uh, spectacular. Wow. That's nice. Isn't it bizarre? Yeah. Um, Why would anyone want to, to pay Queen, tribute to Duke? Yeah, it's so... Of all the people... Uh, prefer- well, it could have been Andrew. could have been worse. <laughs> well, it could have been. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it could have been worse. Uh, referring to the Queen, Chief Jack Malaya said that though the Duke is dead, they still have a connection with the mother of the royal family. Many of the tribesmen believe that while his body lies at rest, the Duke's soul will return to its spiritual home, the island of Tana. There you go. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Nice. Wow. Um, that, so- is, that is... That's amazing. I mean, it makes like it makes sense as well. Like it's not like that's like that's strange. I mean, it's 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 strange to watch. Strange, strange to logical. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You can see where it's all coming from. See it from their point of view that just these planes arrive and they've never seen a plane. Probably not even seen, you know, any outsiders at all. And it's just dropping stuff from the sky. Of course, it is going to be seen as some kind of divine uh, event. So that's, yeah, uh, bizarre. Uh, it's been quite heartbreaking for them to like build, rebuild planes and Out runways. Of straw. Yeah, so much effort. Like, any day now, it's going to happen. Just keep building; it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. Wow. Thank well, you thank you, much, thank you, Peter, for your thing. You're very man. welcome. I hope you enjoyed it. Did. It's time for another question. This comes from the Vidiots Stan account at Uvidiot on Twitter. If you meet Billy Ray Cyrus IRL in a lift or something. Would you tell him that you made two YouTube channels that centre around a character named after him? <laughs> Imagine. Uh, 
stood in a lift and just he's like mind his own business on the way to I don't know, his performance or something and just this man turns to him hey, hey Billy big fan look we've got this little pink walrus right and like there's a five minute backstory right Does it, so you like had sexual relations the duration with the of one one <laughs> fucking lift thing. ride to explain it to I would probably tell him if I was going to be trapped in a lift with him but uh, <laughs> I don't think I'd if there was only like a minute if he can't two. possibly run away from you then yeah <laughs> Um, I I just imagine that conversation I mean Mm. we know that Dave Benson Phillips is already sort of aware um, of us yeah Uh, and he (laughs) wants us to leave him out of it so and he's not even as an an integral part of the the whole multiverse really (laughs) no Peter and I often talk about the fact that at some point Billy Ray Cyrus will be caught or incriminated in something that causes him to be cancelled and um, sort of stripped of Mm. his popularity and goodwill. And I know that that was sort of the entire fucking point of Billy Ray Walrus. (laughs) Scandal pending. Scandal pending, very much, for Billy Ray Cyrus. But it hasn't happened yet. But in the meantime, we forged ahead and, and, yeah... We did vidiots, and now we're doing triple jump, and Billy Ray Walrus is right there at the center of it. We've we've legitimately had conversations about what we <laughs> what we should do if Billy Ray Cyrus's name becomes dirt. Yeah, so like a little, little a little Manila envelope like, labeled like Defcon Five. <laughs> like, yeah, like, smash glass, not to be in case of scandal. Yeah. <laughs> Would, just, would, so would you keep him? He's so far yeah, strange from the actual character. Yeah, we just rename him. He'd just be Billy yeah. the Walrus or Billy He'll be Billy the Walrus or something. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. not. We're not getting Billy rid of him. Walrus. But, yeah, it's it's a very real possibility. <laughs> Assuming he's not cancelled, though, and we bump into him, I wouldn't tell him. Because he'd no. probably want money for it. <laughs> right? Yeah, you've taken yeah. a likeness and uh, built an empire on this. There's a good chance that he might sue. Uh, using well, that clip of him saying, yeah... Yeah. yeah, I mean that's the closest. I mean, in a way, it's a good thing what he says, but he he gets he sort of tiptoes around scandal territory in that very phrase. So he's asked uh, by um, uh, Larry King, I think he says, "You think that you know you you sort of struggle to raise your kids?" And he goes, "Yeah, I probably could have been a lot better parent." And then goes on to say, "I probably." should have like taken a belt after my kids at some point but i you know i never could whip my kids okay uh, well that's that's something and it's like, okay well I'm, I'm glad you're saying that you didn't and couldn't mm. but uh <laughs> the fact that he says i probably should have beaten my kids is <laughs> a bit of a statement to make i didn't yes. know that was the context to it god <laughs> yeah he means he should have got his belt off and and whipped them with his belt oh, yeah well, i'm very glad you didn't billy <laughs> yeah i think the answer is though that i wouldn't I wouldn't tell him. No, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't know I think, how. I could. Yeah. Even like I think at most like nod big funny work. Leave it at that. Wouldn't ask for a selfie. Yeah. Just love no. Old Town Road. Brilliant. So good. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. I don't know. I think I probably would ask for a selfie because oh, just yeah. imagine any one of us posting a picture online of. Billy of Ray us Cyrus. with Billy, real oh, Billy, amazing. Hey, if Billy Ray Cyrus ever does a tour in the UK and you can buy a backstage meeting group yeah. pack, we need we need to do it. Yes, we yes, have yes. to do it uh, and bring the walrus and just <laughs> and just like whip 
don't show it to him, but like whip it out just as the photo's taken. So he doesn't have enough time to examine it. Like, the fuck yeah. is that? Is that me? <laughs> is that me? <laughs> On a beanie baby. Not beanie baby. What is it? Yeah, it is a beanie. Oh, no. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah? In, oh, what is it? Wait, what is it's it? not a beanie baby, is it? No, it's not a beanie baby, but it's... Oh, no, because it's got those big eyes. It's like a different thing. Uh, all My brain is just saying Furby. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's not fucking Furby. What fur, is it? Fur friends, are they called? What I don't know what they're called. What are they? What is Billy? Shit. Oh, my God. Um... I have to go check now. It's been so long. I know what they look like because every time I see them in a shop, I have a look and see if there's like a smaller version, but there isn't. There never is. Uh, so close. I've got. Oh, it's a beanie boo. Of course, beanie yeah, boo. beanie boo. Yeah, that makes total fucking sense. Oh, so it? it is. I think it is by the same beanie baby company. Just it's it's a I guess the larger version. It's a spin-off. What's the name of the company again? Ty? T-Y? T-Y, Ty. that's it. Yeah, you see, yeah. I know the letters. Okay, well, there we are. He's a beanie boo. <laughs> I hate that. Oh, that's awful. That. Mikey, do you have a thing? Yes, I do. But before I get to the thing, I've got a ferret who's rustling around in the background. I'm just going okay. to sort them out, all right? Okay. No problem. Back in a second. All right. Hey, hey. Hey. This is important business. Hey. You stop that back there. Stop rustling. How did you? Disgusting. What's he going to do still. to stop it from rusting? Is he going to strap it down or something? Yeah, oh, he sorry. probably should have taken a belt off to the ferret, yeah, I think. I think so. <laughs> but he never could whip his ferret. He never could. <laughs> no, me neither, actually. I couldn't either. No. Yeah. I, I, I don't have to, because one of them is trying to suffocate themselves with a plastic bag. Oh, <laughs> oh God. God. <laughs> good. Well, that's it, probably please. could have been a, a lot better parent. Yeah, <laughs> no, really. You could have done. <laughs> I intervened. I come today mm-hmm. with a tale of human triumph. With, oh my god! All right, sorry, they, they yeah. found another bag, guys. Okay. <laughs> seriously, I'm about to tell them. Why? Well, where wait. are they getting these bags? I don't know. It's going to be some kind of human triumph soon, but um, yeah. Until then, yeah, nothing. We'll just have to wait and listen. <laughs> As he fights okay, we're bags. sorted now. You good. I've removed all noisy objects from the vicinity. Brilliant. Well done. Okay. Anyway, as I was saying, I come today not with a tale of plops, poos, bums and farts, but with a tale of human triumph. Uh, today, I want to talk about the uh, the real-life Lord of the Flies story that happened back in the 60s. It's, it's, oh it's, okay. it's, it's really like, it's like, holy shit, this is actually kind of incredible. So with that, I'll get rolling. Okay. This story starts with Peter. Yes. Uh, hey, Dad. <laughs> not you, Peter. The uh, the Peter Warner and his youngest son of Arthur, one of the richest and most powerful men in Australia. Back in the 1930s, Arthur ruled over a vast empire called Electronic Industries, which dominated the country's radio market at the time. Peter was groomed to follow in his father's footsteps, but instead, at the age of 17, he ran away to the sea in search of adventure and spent the next few years sailing all around the world. When he finally returned five years later, the prodigal... Prodigal? Prodigal. 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 There's no... It's just a... The prodigal son proudly presented his father with a Swedish captain's certificate. Unimpressed... Warner Sr. demanded his son learn a useful profession. And he said, what's easiest? Accountancy. Arthur lied. Peter went on to work for his father's company, yet the sea still beckoned. And whenever he could, he went to Tasmania, where he kept his own fishing fleet. It was this that brought him to Tonga in the winter of 1966. 
on the way home, he took a little detour, and that's when he saw it. A minuscule island in the Azure Sea, Atta. The island had been inhabited once, until one dark day in 1863 when a slave ship appeared on the horizon and sailed off with the natives. Since then, the island has been deserted, cursed, and forgotten. But on this particular trip around the island, Peter noticed something odd. He peered through his binoculars and he saw burnt patches on the green cliffs. In the, tropic, in the tropics, it's unusual for fires to start spont uh, spontaneously. And then he saw a boy, naked, hair down to his shoulders. Instantly, alarm bells are ringing. This is this is a, this is this is highly unusual to what? say the least. Okay. This wild creature leapt from the cliffside and plunged into the water. Suddenly, more boys followed, screaming at the top of their lungs. It didn't take long for the first boy to reach the boat. My name's Stephen, he cried. We've been here fifteen months. What the hell? Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. It, it, like, yeah, we'll get into it, but like. You, well, yeah, I'll go into how they prep for it and how they actually survived. And it's, it's like mind boggling. I, I don't think I could do any like 10% of what, what these guys did. So the boys, once aboard, claimed they were students at a boarding school in Nuku'alofa, the Tongan capital. Sick of school meals, they decided to take a fishing boat out one day, only to get caught in a storm. A likely story, Peter thought. Using his two-way radio, he called in to Nuku'alofa, he said, I've got six kids here. He told the operator. Stand by, came the response. 20 minutes ticked by. Finally, a very tearful operator came on the radio and said, You found them! These boys have been given up for dead. Funerals have been held. If it's them, this is a miracle. And now we get into the actual story. So the protagonists were six boys. Sion, Stephen, Kolo, David, Luke and Mano. All pupils at a strict Catholic boarding school in Nukualofa. The oldest boy was 16, the youngest 13, and they had one main thing in common. They were bored witless. So they came up with a plan to escape to Fiji, some 500 miles away, or even all the way to New Zealand. There was only one obstacle. That's a pretty big obstacle, I guess. None of them owned a boat. So they decided to, quote unquote, borrow one from Mr. Taniela Ohila, a fisherman they all disliked. It's <laughs> a good way of saying, fuck you, we're going to take your boat, we're going to get away from this place. <laughs> the boys took little time to prepare for the voyage. And I'm going to read this, the following few sentences. Bear in mind, they survived 15 months. They had two sacks of bananas, a few coconuts, and a small gas burner. And that was all the supplies they packed with them. <laughs> Didn't occur to any of them to bring a map, let alone a compass. So it's it's a miracle they survived so well. No one noticed the small craft leaving the harbour that evening. Skies were fair. Only a mild breeze ruffled the calm sea. But that boys, that that boys, but that night the boys made a grave error. They fell asleep, which to me seems absolutely terrifying. As a man who's uh, seems pretty reckless. Yes, as a man who's got a deep fear of open big seas, I don't think I could even, like, on a nice cruise liner, want to sleep. <laughs> Screw that. Yeah, they fell asleep, and a few hours later, they awoke to water crashing down over their heads. It was dark. They hoisted the sail, which the wind promptly tore to shreds. Next to break was the rudder. We drifted for eight days, Mano said, without food, without water. The boys tried catching fish, and they managed to collect some rainwater in, hollow in hollowed-out coconut shells and shared it equally between them, each taking a sip in the morning and another in the evening. So already their resourcefulness is showing off, you know, to ration and be, be careful of what resources they do have. Yeah. Now, 
eight days out at sea, they spied a miracle on the horizon. Not a tropical paradise with waving palm trees and sandy beaches, but a hulking mass of rock jutting up more than a thousand feet out of the ocean. These days, Atta is considered uninhabitable, but by the time we arrived, Captain Warner wrote in his memoirs, the boys had set up a small commune with a food garden, hollowed out tree trunks to store rainwater, a makeshift gymnasium with weights, a badminton court, chicken pens, and a permanent fire, all from handiwork Jesus. and an old knife blade and much determination. Absolutely insane to build. I mean, <laughs> like, a badminton court. Yeah. I mean, they've got time to kill now, the these priority. boys. The, yeah, the first few months must be pretty stressful, but by the time you're building a badminton court, I feel like you've, you've, you've got to max level now you can just enjoy... Did you say a chicken coop? Yeah, chicken pens. Where, they, where have they got the chickens from? Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. The kids agreed to work in teams of two, drawing up a strict roster for garden, kitchen, and guard duty. Sometimes they quarrelled, but whenever that happened, they solved it by imposing a time out. The tears began and ended with a song and prayer, Colo fashioned a makeshift guitar from a piece of driftwood, half a coconut shell, and six steel wires salvaged from their wrecked boat. Again, what? <laughs> that's that's bonkers. Absolutely yeah. insane. And this is an instrument Peter has kept all these years and played it to help lift their spirits. And their spirits needed lifting. All summer long, it hardly rained, driving the boys frantic with thirst. They tried constructing a raft in order to leave the island, but it fell apart in the crashing surf. Worst of all, Stephen slipped one day, fell off a cliff, and broke his leg. Ooh. The other boys picked their way down after him and then helped him back up to the top. They set his leg using sticks and leaves, and Sion joked, Don't worry, we'll do your work while you lie there like King Taufa Ahau Topu himself. That was uh, the king of Tonga at the time. Uh, uh. And onto the diet. They survived initially on fish, coconuts, Tame birds, um, and when water supplies were, were, were scarce, they drank the blood of the birds. Um, which it's pretty gnarly. I, I, mm. I'm reading this. I, I, even if my life depended on it, I don't think I could do half of this stuff. I just <laughs> reside myself. I'll just drift off to sea, whatever. Screw it. <laughs> Guess I'll die. Yeah, why not? And uh, they also sucked seaberg eggs. Oh, tasty. Sucked them. Sucked it's quite a miracle, actually, that they went this long without dying of some deathly, like, just bacteria disease. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Nice. That's the important thing. Uh, later, when they got to the top of the island, they found an ancient vo volcanic crater where people had lived a century before. There, the boys discovered wild taro, bananas, and chickens. Oh. So that's the story of how they get got there, which had been uh, re wow. reproducing on the island for a hundred years since the Tongans left. So, yeah, the... These chickens essentially had roost of the whole island and just bred like wildfire, leaving a delicious supply just waiting to be found. These boys come and decimate the local ecology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, they were finally rescued on Sunday, 11th of September, 1966. The, the local physician later expressed astonishment at their muscled physiques and Stephen's perfectly healed leg. But it wasn't the end of the boys' little adventure because when they arrived back in their hometown, police boarded Peter's boat arrested the boys and oh. threw them all in jail <laughs> for stealing the boat yep yep this is got come on the most petty thing i've ever heard so uh i'm just gonna crown him king dickhead mr taniela uhila whose sailing boat the boys had quote-unquote borrowed 15 months earlier was still furious and he decided to press charges <laughs> 
So this is, this is a relatively small island, like where they came from. It's like 600 people. Um, obviously, the whole place was in mourning. They had these funerals for the boys. And this guy's like, nah, Fuck you boys, you, you boys owe me. Fuck them kids. That's <laughs> um, insane. Thankfully, the boys managed to wrangle their way out of any serious uh, legal repercussions. The mood when the boys returned to their families in Tonga was jubilant. Almost the entire island, population 900, had turned out to welcome them home, except for Mr. Mr. Taniello, who's like, nah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not getting part of this. Peter was proclaimed a national hero. Soon he received a message from the king himself, inviting the captain for an audience. Thank you for rescuing six of my subjects, his royal highness said. Now, is there anything I can do for you? The captain didn't have to think long. Yes, I would like to trap lobster in these waters and start a business here. And the king consented. I think that's quite nice. That's nice. Oh. Yeah. Peter returned to Sydney, resigned from his uh, father, resigned from his father's company, and commissioned a new ship. Then he had the six boys brought over and granted them the thing that started all—an opportunity to see the world beyond Tonga. He hired them as the crew of his new fishing boat. Oh, it's like a Disney movie at the end. The last sentence here is a, it is a bit of a, it made me like tear up a little bit. It's quite nice. While the boys of Atta have been consigned to obscurity, Lord the Flies are still widely read to this day. But the real Lord the Flies is a tale of friendship and loyalty. One that illustrates how much stronger we are if we can lean on each other. And after my wife took Peter's picture, he turned to a cabinet, rummaged around for a bit, then drew out a heavy stack of papers that laid in my hands. His memoirs, he explained, written for his children and grandchildren. I looked down at this first page and the quote reads, Life has taught me a great deal including the lesson that you should always look for what is good and what is positive in people. And that's the story of the real life Lord the Flies. Uh, I'm going to quickly give credit. This is a Guardian article written by uh, Rutger Bregman. Uh, it's really, uh, essentially, this guy, like this whole story just kind of got blasted into obscurity. No one really heard for it for a while. And this guy stumbled across like some a little newspaper clipping about it and decided to go to the island, like interview all the people there. Uh, who took part of it and like made like a proper writer for the whole thing. And it's absolutely insane. I think it's very lovely. Isn't oh, it? despite, just, yeah. despite despite the, the, the bird blood drinking. <laughs> the bird blood drinking was a bit too much for me. <laughs> that was fascinating. Thank you, Michael. You're very welcome. Yeah. Don't worry, your your regular farty nonsense will resume next week. <laughs> that was good. I liked it. Yeah, you do realize now, Ben, that your thing also has to be about some sort of island population. (laughs) um, (sighs) An amazing, unbelievable story. I'll do my best. It's an amazing and um, an unbelievable story, but we'll get we'll get to it in a minute. (laughs) First, though, a question from Krista Benink at Benink Krista on Twitter, who asks, if you could have a food or dish named after you, what would it be? Oh. Easy for me, burger. I want a burger named after me. Some kind of I don't. I'd have to think about what's in it, but I want it to a be banger. a burger, a banger, banger, or a fucking what's it called? Like a like a, a greasy spoon mm. on the side of the road. You know, you see them set up at the side of motorways and stuff in laybys, not motorways, <laughs> but dual carriageways and stuff. Yeah, one of those. Maybe their uh, fried bread. Oh yeah, but but you know, like my greasy bread that I made that time. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, oil, yeah. the oily no bread. Oil bread. Yeah, Ben's oil <laughs> bread, and they're like, it's actually quite nice. It's not as bad I, as the inspiration. I'm, 
I'm picturing that on the menu, you know, like in McDonald's, you can supersize things. So, oh, can I have the, the fried bread, but can I potter it, please? Yeah, can I potter <laughs> my oil bread, please? <laughs> really? You're going to be laid up feeling sick for two days? Yep, it's what I want. Need an excuse to get off work. Oh, this I'm is not tricky. sure what I would want. Do you know Mikey? What's my favorite food? I feel like I, I'm always a big fan of tacos, mm. but... I d- Feels like if I'm going to have something named after myself, it's got to reflect me and my cultural heritage, not just stealing the best of another one and slapping my name on it. Okay. Mm. Ooh, ooh, mm. ooh, mm. I know, the Johnson. Bread, chips, bread, chips, bread. Squish it down with a, like a, a rolling pin. You got yourself a Johnson. Oh <laughs> Dry <God>. as hell. <laughs> Delicious. That sounds unpalatable, Michael. <laughs> That's the point. And you get like a little a ball of ketchup to dip in it, and yeah, yeah that'd be nice. Wow. Have you ever have, have you ever made like a triple decker sandwich at home? It's 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 like a really enthralling, exciting process. Then you start eating, and it's just regret. Like a Scooby Doo, <laughs> it's probably quite difficult to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I never had a I used to do that as a sandwich. I used to do it as a kid. Um, I like whenever I had a sandwich, I insisted on it being as flat as humanly possible. <laughs> That's that's where the Johnson element comes in. Rolling pin it down, like every every sandwich I ever had, just and I put my like put it on a table, use my full force, and get it down to like this the size of a bit of paper, and it makes it taste so much better. <laughs> oh, that would be good. What about blondies? You're also pretty known for your blondies. Oh, the Jammy Dodger. Blondies. Oh, the Jammy Dodger good. blondies. Yeah, that'd be good. Call them the John D's. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my disgusting <laughs> the disgusting pile of carbs. dry chip mass. <laughs> it's, it's what I deserve. I would have a, um, it's like a pizza, right? Mm. But none of the middle is there. It's just a ring of pizza crust. (laughs) Then in the middle of the plate, in the middle of the circle of crust, is a nice big dish of garlic and herb dip. Whoa! (laughs) You know, you're not having it as a main, Mm. but you can have it as like a little starter or a snack. It's not a whole pizza that you have to... Mm. You know, think about, am I going to have diarrhea tomorrow? And you probably will still have diarrhea from just eating loads and loads of garlic dip. But uh, it's just a ring of crust. And then you tear it and you share it and you dip it in. It wouldn't really have to be a circular ring of pizza crust. It could just be like a piece of bread, couldn't it? What have but, they done with the rest of the pizza? Um, They never made it, <laughs> oh my, I don't think. Oh, my God. Oh. I they think just, they should make a whole pizza and just bin the entire meal. Yeah, probably. <laughs> just cut that out. Any toppings? Doesn't fucking matter. Throw it away. Yeah. Um, there's probably like some other recipe that you could use. That I mean, some people don't like their crusts, so maybe mm. you can serve those pizzas uh, in the mm. restaurant to people who are crustless. Crustless. I get very angry with people who don't eat the crust. It's, it's oh, just, yeah, me too. When, I don't get it. When I was really hungover on New Year's Day, I ordered a pizza and I felt quite unwell. And I just couldn't handle the crust. I was just like eating the, the cheese bits and then just like casually tossing the crust back in. I forgot to get stuffed crust as well, so it was a total write-off. Anyway, oh uh, bless! I was like, oh, it's just more. It's just more bread. It's just bread. So good. I mean, yeah, I, I hate when it. people leave their crusts, except for the fact that I then get those crusts and mm. dip them in my dip and enjoy even more. You want me to bring in little doggy bags of crusts Dippy for you, crusts. Peter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just with like your chew marks on. Yeah, them. no, absolutely. That'd be nice. This greasy brown bag. Yeah, you go. Here's your little crusts. <laughs> I've been saving them for a couple of months. <laughs> little dog man, here's your crust. Yeah. yeah. 
I I I always keep the crust for desserts. I I I I, I, t- I generally whenever I'm eating, I always section it up i'm not the person to kind of like dip around and like have a bit of everything like all over the place i'll always like like segment it so i've like start with one ingredient the next the next i think my most egregious uh food division crime is um chick uh, chit cat wow kit cat chunkies and i used to eat them i'd nibble off all the chocolate just the wafer and to be honest it was always like it's better when you have them together but for some reason, I couldn't help myself from creating this this <laughs> tedious, unsatisfying lump of wafer. I used to do that with Twixes <laughs> as well. Bite the caramel oh, yeah, the they're Twixes, so good. Leave the, excavate the biscuit, and it's like, oh, okay, now it's just biscuit. And it's nice. Some of them, I think it was Kit Kats or, or maybe <clears throat> Club Biscuits or something. When you mm. bite the chocolate off them, the biscuit has like holes in it. It looks like a flute or something. Yeah. It's like a recorder. That's fun. Yeah, you're right. And double yeah. decker is another good one. Get the get the the nugget off the nugget. Oh, so good. Nugget. Is it nugget or nougat? nougat. I always Chicken get made. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I I was I had a quick second there because I remember as a kid saying nougat and everyone made fun of me. Oh bless you. Because <laughs> oh. they're all saying it wrong. <laughs> yeah, ball boy. Ball with your nougat. Like, oh Mikey, sick hair. Stupid pronunciation of nougat though. <laughs> oh, Peter, God. you could call yours pizza Austin. Or yeah, so I was going to say if you wanted to go adjacent, was... similar concept, you could go Peter Austin. Oh, as you're just oh yeah, after bread yeah, with bit. I was nice. going to say it would be called the 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 pizza the pizza Austin or something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's nice. good. That's Cute. good stuff. Are you ready for my thing? Oh yes, please. Yeah, this is a thing that I have stolen from TimesNowNews.com. I think it's relatively okay. a relatively recent write-up, but it's about a story from 2002. This was written by the website's not formatting properly, so I've just got loads of lines of text. Uh, Thad Same. Roberts. Thad? No, it's not. Saumia Agrawal, maybe. I've ruined Where that. did Thad Roberts come Thad from? Thad Roberts is the subject of the article. It, okay. there's, there's a tiny failed to load JPEG <laughs> image and next to it it says Thad Roberts. So that's right. So I'm getting confused. This is a really, this website is not loaded at all. Uh, Here we are. Thad Roberts, the NASA intern who stole lunar rocks to have sex on the moon. Oh, hell yeah. Wow. Here we go. Buckle up. The moon rocks collected by Apollo astronauts are among the most valuable substances locked up in NASA facility. Back in July 2002, a NASA intern decided to steal some moon rocks to have sex on the moon. Thad Roberts, a promising intern at NASA, once hoped to be the first man on Mars. However, that dream was put aside after he noticed a sizable quantity of moon rocks being kept at NASA's Lunar Lab in Houston, Texas, under somewhat insecure conditions. Roberts came up with a plan to steal 101 grams of moon rocks, valued at some... How much do you think they were worth? How many? 101 grams? 101 grams. I'm going to say, ooh, I'm going to go a grand a gram, so about 100 grand. Yeah, I was going to say about 100. I'll, I'll go higher in that case. I'll say half a million dollars. How much, sorry? Half a million. Uh, sorry, not half a million. Yeah, half a million dollars, $500,000. You're both very wrong. Valued at some $21 million. Ooh. So that he could literally okay. give his girlfriend the moon. Oh. Oh my, that's that's a lot. He wanted to Just... lay the lunar samples out on a bed and have sex on the moon. That was his goal. <laughs> okay. okay. He even yeah, managed to get in touch with a Belgian amateur mineralogist who expressed interest in buying some of the rocks. Sexy, sexy rocks. 
Roberts, his girlfriend Tiffany Fowler, and their accomplice Shay Sauer, all of whom were NASA interns, used their official IDs to enter the building on the night of the crime. When they reached the safe, Roberts realised that the rocks were as in- were as insecure as he thought. I think maybe it's meant to say weren't as insecure as he thought. He believed that the combination to the safe was written on a tag tied to its handle. However, on the <laughs> night of one of the most audacious heists in history, Roberts and oh, his friends... I know. I thought that was a bit much as well. Roberts and his friends... Well, found... I, I don't think it's that audacious. That's got to be like one of the biggest heists ever undertaken. Like 21 million. What, this, this 22-year-old going to get his fuck rocks? <laughs> <laughs> The most audacious heist in history. I mean, yeah, if you just talk about the value, if you say he's trying to nick $21 million worth of rocks and then sell them, then yeah, it sounds that that sounds more fair as a statement. But he wants to do it so he can fuck on the rocks. Yeah, he wants to fuck on the moon. Um, (laughs) I'd I'd let him off for that. It's sort of, it's quite a flowery write-up, I think. That bit was a bit, was a bit Mm. much for me. Uh, and I've lost my place now, so there we are. Oh, hope, you're, hope you're both fucking happy. Hope you're both happy. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm wasting time now while I try and find... Uh, however, on the night of one of the most audacious heists in history, Roberts <sighs> and his friends found out that the tag contained a cryptic reminder of the code. The NASA interns, who couldn't back off after coming this far, decided to carry <laughs> the whole safe out of the building and drove to a motel oh, where they managed to open the safe with a power saw. Roberts and his girlfriend scattered the moon rocks on a bed and had sex on them. He did it. Yes. They fucked on the moon. Yes, he did it. They fucked on the they moon. They didn't, though, did they? I mean, that's so stupid. Come on. Peter, believe. No. Bel- no, I refuse. Believe. They fucked you might on as the well moon. Fuck on a, a fallen asteroid, of, of which there are several. <laughs> Uh, on Earth, mm. like large ones in museums, and say, I'm the first person to have, sec- who, to have had sex in space. It's basically the same logic you're applying. Well, that would... Just there you, is definitely still people who've done that. Yeah. And who want to do that. You've, you've nailed it, Ben, though. You've got the perfect Valentine's story for us all here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, we've got <laughs> it. You're, Valentine's. you're fucking welcome. <laughs> one, of, one of us planned ahead. Uh, <laughs> according to the FBI's r- report on the Moonrock caper... The young thieves did more than just try to sell off a collection of lunar samples worth as much as $21 million. In the process, they also contaminated them, making them virtually useless to the scientific community. Not completely, though, which I think is interesting. (laughs) Not not sure what the research would be. Uh, They could do studies on, you know, how semen reacts. Yeah, sex juices. How do they they go with the moon rocks? Uh, They also destroyed three decades worth of handwritten research notes by a NASA scientist that had been locked in the safe. That's not good. Meanwhile, Roberts, using the alias Orb Robinson, had negotiated the sale of the rocks with the Belgian mineralogists for prices ranging up to £5,000 per gram. So you weren't that far off. Um, Yeah. Whichever one of you thought it was about 10,000. That was Peter. Bang on almost. He was going to meet the Belgians' American relatives at an Italian restaurant in Orlando, Florida on the 33rd anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing, July the 20th, 2002. It turned out that the Belgian mineralogist contacted the FBI, who took over his end of the deal as American relatives and trapped Roberts in a sting operation. There, Orb and two partners were arrested and the moon rock successfully recovered in their nearby hotel room, according to the FBI report. The three NASA... Interns entered guilty pleas. Roberts was sentenced to more than eight years in prison. 
for his role in the Moonrock Caper, as well as a separate offence of stealing. And it doesn't go... We might have to cover this in the future, as well as stealing uh, dinosaur bones from a museum in Utah. <laughs> I would what be the, the first man to fuck on a dinosaur. <laughs> you, you would, though, right? Yeah. You definitely would. Yeah. While in jail... That, for some reason, that's way cooler to me, having sex on dinosaur bones than moon rocks i don't know why but that that is way cooler probably because they're not they're not real peter the dinosaurs yeah maybe yeah jesus put them there to test exactly bingo while in jail perfect lead up sorry michael perfect lead up for that like your partner gets home a little card waiting there on the doorstep and open it up how about yeah we have some tea sex <laughs> Bam! Want to get boned? Oh, that's bib. Oh, that's better. Damn it! <laughs> and then, what? What I'd like to imagine is that the FBI bust in, weapons drawn, and like get down on the ground. You're under arrest for stealing something extremely valuable. And the guy's like, "Uh, is it the dinosaur bone thing or the moon rock thing? <laughs> Two amazing crimes to pull off, really." Yeah, They've good. not yet found out that he's once had sex on the ruins of Atlantis, yes. but one day... Is it the is this the Atlantis, Mona Lisa, Moon Rock, or Dinosaur <laughs> Bone <what>. thing? <laughs> uh, while in jail, Robert studied for degrees in physics, anthropology, and philosophy. Now 44, he has become a leading authority on the large-scale structure of the universe. He told the Daily Star that he's tired of talking about his youthful misdemeanors and instead wants to focus on his, ter- his, his sorry on his interpretation of an eleven-dimensional geometric theory encompassing dark matter, dark energy, wave-particle duality, quantum tunneling, gravity, early universe inflation, and Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. Me too. He will forever be known to all of us, though, as the legend <laughs> who fucked on the moon. God, that's incredible. I googled yeah. his name and I found a Reddit um, ask me anything he did about his his so booking what was it like about him stealing the rocks when he fu- <laughs> you know when he went to space and <laughs> fucked on the moon. Oh dear, the the, the questions are all like it's just like, actual people asking sciencey questions. One person's saying, "Would you be a guest on the Joe Rogan podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, there we are. That's my thing. Sad Roberts, Moon Lunar Legend. Uh, what an absolute. Stud, what a stud, what a fucking stud. Uh, We have a final question here. Are you ready for it? Yes. This comes courtesy of John Stewart at J Stewart Film on Twitter. Congratulations. People told their friends. Oh, God, I just had had to burp because I couldn't believe what was coming next. (laughs) People told their friends, and you're moving into Vidiot's year two. What kind of new and exciting content are we getting? Michael gets hit by a tank. (laughs) Memory flash drives. <laughs> uh oh that's a that's a good question i don't think anyone's really asked that before um what would you want to do i th- I, th- I think like our aspiration from the beginning was to um take prove it like to the nth degree and do some really really good stuff with that like that was always like that was the beginning it's like yeah, this this is potential to be like a huge series yeah um, it would have been nice to see that rocket off and like do just some bonkers stuff with it yeah, that was always the hope. Um, more worst games ever. Would have been nice to do some like live appearances at conventions Glitch. and stuff. It, Glitch. What is it? Is it? Yeah. No. Because, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, lots of things. But the thing with Vidiots is a lot of it was a bit kind of ad hoc in a, in a good way, I think. Like, we, yeah, we had running series, but 
Um, you know, things depended on what we got sent on post some tat mm. and, uh, you know, what was going on around the office and stuff. So, yeah, it was it's kind of anyone's guess what we'd be doing, really. But we'd still be doing worst games ever, no question. Mm. And, yeah, perhaps some more, some wild prove-its um, with a bigger budget and stuff. <laughs> Not those plodding around in a river making yeah. sandcastles. <laughs> going, ow, ow. You've played Call Don't of Duty... It- now watch us shoot nerf darts at each other in Dunster. <laughs> I think, uh, I, 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 maybe though, maybe that's like getting away from the point of like the vidiot's point at least. Like, yeah, a well-produced, ex- like expensive, amazing prove it mm. wouldn't have the same charm as as that those low-budget hijinks. I think maybe a well-produced, expensive prove it, but with us still being shit, like. <laughs> You know, if we we could invest in like really good camera equipment and maybe like some extra hands to help us shoot and edit, but yeah. the actual challenges could still be a little bit like Catch we're these wearing, eggs. yeah, just throwing <laughs> eggs and running around. We've got an so entire film crew catching eggs yeah. in a basket in a country lane because we're desperate for a third act to this video. We can't just do two; we need to do a third thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I agree. I would love to do just way more live action stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'd like. And uh, that that would have been lovely. What would you classify like the worst meal ever video as? Because whatever that is, more that of today, that. that video. Oh, I watched it the other week and like I had tears streaming down my <laughs> face. I genuinely think that is the best thing that went on that went out on that channel. It's so good. God. I was Sketch, just thinking about the intro right? you made with the chicken nugget faces. <laughs> it is bean time is still one of my <laughs> it's one of my favorite moments yeah i'd say it's more of a sketch than anything else isn't it because it's just it was totally yeah. ad, we had a rough idea but it was totally ad-libbed as we went mm. it was very awkward did we do that because we, i don't think was it out of necessity were we short of an episode or did we no. i think we just did it because we wanted to i didn't don't we? know why we did anything no why we did anything that we did <laughs> it replaced worst games ever that week, but I think it's just because we wanted to. Um, I think it was yeah. a, a grand substitute. Yeah. yeah, just more live action. I think more silliness. You yeah. know, if we had an unlimited yeah. budget and we could just do well, the thing is, we didn't have a budget anyway, apart from our wages, yes. which no. is which was our downfall, us being paid. <laughs> uh, yeah. But like, if we if we could have continued into a second year, as we were. We would have come up with some really stupid shit, I'm sure. I would have liked to have gone For to sure, other places, yeah. you know? Mm. Yeah. Just gone to a random yeah. town. The lingering doom of losing our jobs. The <laughs> big <laughs> neighbour's cat energy. Just just oh, rock yeah. up. At, hey, we're in Sheffield this week, just shooting something really stupid. Come say hello. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. Oh, like a, a road trip of all the worst places in the UK. That'd be a great <laughs> series. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's the channel that, that never was right can you like yeah. we will just never know what could have happened mm. we we built we know we built something very special in like we do eight yeah. or nine months and that was it and then it was done and no blame being thrown around here at all but what could have happened if there was a second year you know what could have happened yeah. if we if we mm. continued as we were and continued to attract because we managed to find close enough to you know near enough to fifty thousand strange people who liked the strange things that we were doing if we had yeah. another year and all the people pretty much everyone in in the office would say to us like you know it's it's interesting it's unique it's funny content it's it's, you know well it's certainly interesting in in, a, in some way 
but you know, it's like unique and it's funny. And people, we were constantly being told by the guys we were working around and girls mm. uh, that it was we were doing the right thing in that sense. It's just that um, I guess it was just a bit niche and a bit hard to. It wasn't YouTube algorithm friendly. No. We've had this conversation many times, but okay. yeah, you know, yeah. It, it, you can have all these people telling you you're doing a great, you know, you're doing great content, but as long, if YouTube isn't saying that, then you're in trouble. Yeah, we need to get our Patreon set up properly for a start. That yeah, would have been, like that would have well. been good, but uh, yeah. Hey, we'll never know. One thing we are we we have had a brief chat about, and I'm sure we'll talk about once we finish recording, is that we'd like to get into the diary some sort of big joint stream of the three of us at some point this year um yeah so, because it's been, been long too long enough, well, you know we haven't done anything together on camera for a, for a long old time so we will look into that mm. well thank you so much for listening everybody we really appreciate it uh, i believe there's some sort of shop question mark oh i think you right oh oh what sorry bowl cut bowl cut not bowl cut <laughs> Stop! Wait, hold on. I'm just check quickly checking the Ox Twitter in case there's a discount going around at the minute. Uh, nope, you're stuck paying full oh, price. Yeah. But my God, what value you get from paying full price! If you head over to store.yogscast.com, you'll find a wonderful bounty of prints, pillows, shirts, hoodies—just absolutely anything you could imagine. And the best, the best bit of all is you can get some silly idiots and podiots related stuff printed on them their products and you can wear and use them in day-to-day life we got t-shirts we got hoodie we got mugs it's a veritable bounty uh yeah go check out the video section of that on store.yogscast.com and treat yourself to some goodies i i i, I never got myself the podiots legend t-shirt and i'm really upset yeah, about I don't that i need to actually much. i don't think i can i could probably hook you up if you wanted to <laughs> No, I'm alright. Yeah, I don't, I don't have the, the latest stuff that's on there. I've only got the old ones. Don't, I don't uh, want the, it. the old videos. Things. Don't want any yeah. of it. So, you know. yeah. <laughs> don't, that's fine. I'll check on eBay. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, probably a few floating around. Pay over the odds. Is there anything on there at the minute? Oh, God. Uh, no, sadly not. No. Phew. Thank goodness. Oh, that's a shame. Hey, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all.com forward slash vidiots official bit.ly forward slash vidiots official discord go see our discord go say hello there's a podiots thread now there's like five people in it as people slowly start to remember that they joined the vidiots discord four years ago (laughs) oh shit yeah this is still a thing uh so go check it out what have you sent what have you put there michael what's (laughs) that there michael in the chat this is some bootleg (laughs) Vidiots merch. It's not boot. I, think I we am should. a Vidiots girl. That's not Vidiots merch, is it? Surely. <laughs> it's Vidiots yellow. I like yellow. it though. It is Vidiots yellow. It is actually. I like that. I think we should release that. Like, Rip it off. It. Yeah, I, yeah. 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 But don't sell it in boy variety. <laughs> no. I am a Vidiots no, girl. Can we use that exact photo on the list? Yeah. Can we get that printed carpet? on a cake and then take a photo of the cake and put it on a shirt? <laughs> oh, I've got sad news actually. The Asda cake printing station is no that more. Is in, in devastating oh. news. Yeah, they've had a big uh, rejig around the Asda and it's no longer there. Oh, which is actually, I was quite upset by that. I just stand there for a minute and just. Oh, oh man. All the, all the, all the, 
Never more will a lady come out. <laughs> is this right? Show us the picture and say, "Is this right?" Yeah, that's it. That that's photo of our phone being scanned <laughs> with a photo on the phone is what we wanted on the cake. It's perfect. So many memories of that Asda, the pizza station, the cake station. Yeah, I went there with Mikey when he lived just round the corner from me, and we like I bought a bin. And uh, microwave, <laughs> I think, and carried it back. Yeah, oh. it was played quite loud, obnoxious music in that. Yeah, as well. I remember going in so and it, it was had, um... Starlight, you know, Starlight. Oh yeah, and it had uh, it had UV, it had like purple light in the in the bathroom, so that you can't find a vein to inject. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, it always annoys me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, always annoys me. <laughs> The last, my last two visits to that Asda, um, they've played Phil Collins in the air tonight, <laughs> which like, when you think of it, you just think of the drum solo. You forget about the six minutes of just ethereal, like, yeah, that leads up to it. And it's the weirdest shopping experience you could ever have. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. And on the way back that time, that old lady crashed into my car, as spoken yeah, about on an episode yeah. of Podiots. Oh, Didn't know how the lanes times. worked. I was like, you're in the wrong lane. She's like, no, you are. <laughs> You are. And then her, I'm assuming, daughter said, well, no one's hurt, so shall we go? I'm like, yes, I suppose so. <laughs> Fine. Yep. It sounded really like a bad crash, but when we got out and looked, it like, wasn't, didn't seem no to damage. be a single no mark. No damage. Invincible vehicle over here. Yeah. They hit you with no dent. You were wrapped in bubble wrap, though, to be fair. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, finally, twitch.tv forward slash vidiots official occasional charity live streams on there. We'll try and get something penciled in for all three of us soon streamlabs.com forward slash poddy it's donations three pounds or more to get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show and join pod squad mikey kick us off again dave benson piss lips cook nukem microsoft acquired caroline we don't talk about ben no 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 babby bobba looney mr black pro trainer don key dick ben funged my token kermit the pog when life gives you nuggies, Armani. The generous Arthur the Kitten, Windy Miller, and Lord... Is it Brotovic or Brotovic? I, was, I think I always say different things. I think they're interchangeable. Yeah. Lords Brotovictoria. Really? Brotovictory. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, also, Pet Shop Man, Bog Standard, Suck It and Make Eye Contact, Cheapest Chips, Tristam, Caroline, I Change the Locks, there's a snake in my boot, Lagatha Christie, David Dick in my son, Mr. Blobby becomes a radio DJ, 14 across apologize, praise die, day, sorry, Princess Daisy's nuts, Mona Wanks, we don't talk about Kevin, no, no, the very generous Stephen Skodes, and the very, very generous Swedish fan number one. Thank you. We've also got uh, Shag Mike, Kiss Peter, Marry Ben, Cora Jade, Scatin, Into My Heart, Bummer Dog, <laughs> Hawkman 105, Mothman Wilson, The Very Generous, I'm the Real Mandalorian, Cunt, 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 World War II, The Silliest War, Mr. Macca, Bloke on Trent, Donak 07, Just Keep Swimming Ash, and Crapoleonic Wars. And that right there is your pod squad for this week. Thank you so much, all of you. Once again, streamlabs.com forward slash podiots donations, uh, three pounds or more. Get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the podcast. Peter Austin. Yes. What came out on Vidiots four years ago this four. fortnight? 
years ago, 2018, everybody. Uh, I mean, one video that we, I don't think we mentioned at the time, but on the 12th of January, we had the Vidiots announcement. We are the Vidiots. Um, but uh, leading us up until uh, from the start of the year up to the 15th, when this episode comes out, we had Worst Games Ever, Prison Break, The Conspiracy, Welcome to Vidiots, the, the true launch video. Yes. Uh, in the Spotlight, Crossing Souls. Yeah. I don't remember what that is. That <laughs> I do. I remember that because I ended up playing it. And I, I'm trying to remember in the timeline of things that happened. Did we go to Paris really early? Yeah, it was pretty yes. early. Yeah, I think it was around that time that we did the In the Spotlight, maybe. I th- mm. Were we in Paris when the channel launched? Or was it like, it was like we went, super close. Yeah, I think we went immediately week. afterwards, yeah. yeah. It's coming up in uh, in this this run of videos. Um, <laughs> we then had the Vidiot's Welcome and Q&A Extravaganza. Post some tat episode one. Uh, Prove It, Cooking Mama 3, part oh. one. It's a good one. Then it was the Paris vlog, Le What's Next De Focus 2018, <laughs> Yes, uh, where we sort of got in trouble and we, we drank <laughs> too much and had a Whoops. great time. We had a fantastic time. Uh, memory cards, February the 12th, State of Emergency, Aliens something or other, and it's dot, dot, dot after that, probably Colonial Marines, I don't know. Uh, Prove It, Cooking Number 3, Part 2, uh, that's gameplay as well. Uh, spot, in the Spotlight, Vampire. That was at Paris, wasn't it? Um, yes, it was. Yes. Post some tap number two. We've got stickers. Uh, in the spotlight, Greedfall. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo Labo is brilliant, creative fun for all ages. And the most professional that, video we've ever made, I think. Uh, it was pretty good. That video yeah. it was, you know, it was professional in the sense that it was uh, a mutual, mutual arrangement. As well, brand so, yeah. so funny being sat at a table with like someone who's like a dad with kids has like a family friendly YouTube channel, and then three grown ups yeah. who joke about. I bombs. could build it faster than you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, fun, and that brings us up to the fifteenth of February. So nice. there you go. That's everything that happened in not just this fortnight, but from the from the start of the year up till now. There's that nice. amazing photo of the three of us in front of the Labo booth holding our little cardboard <laughs> creations. <laughs> I've still got my little wallet with, you know, when you get the certificate. Did you get your, your yeah. certificate? It's like, yeah. this is to certify that Peter finished his Nintendo Labo course. <laughs> and then the photo of the three of us. Oh, brilliant. Good deal. Well, Thanks, Nintendo, for giving us a yeah. Switch after that. Yeah, they did give us a Switch. <laughs> yeah. Madness. Still got it. It lets us do coverage for Triple Jump now. Excellent. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, wonderful. Mikey, where can people find you on the internet? At Parrot Boy on the Twitter and also on Twitch. I stream every once in a while. And uh, on, on my Twitter, you'll find some lovely Meat Face stickers that I got printed. Um, so <laughs> anyone... Great. Anyone who's in Bristol, keep an eye out for those over the coming months. I'll be slapping them around in, in whatever fun places I can find. If oh, you find brilliant. one, do send me a picture. That'd be a lot of fun to see. Incredible. And Peter, where can people find us on the internet? Uh, ben and I are still doing silly things on YouTube over at Team Triple Jump, just like we did at Vidiots four years ago. Oh. Um, but we're also uh, on social media, uh, Twitter, at that Peter Austin and at confused underscore dude where we say and do silly things as well um, that are non-triple jump affiliated 
We were thoughts are my own. Thoughts are my own, not necessarily representative of who? Uh Triple Jump. Triple Jump, yeah. yeah. You know, Peter, we were twenty five when we started Vidiots. And we're gonna be thirty this year. We are. Oh babbies. Yeah, oh dear. It's that, gone really fast. That is troubling. It's gone that so is... fast. I don't like oh, it. God. Well, there we are. That's the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Why not leave us an iTunes review or a five-star rating on your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms, and we'd really appreciate it. Spotify lets you do ratings now as well. Five stars, please. Five stars. Any five stars. Thank you. No room for anything else. Is there a final question before we ride off into the sunset? Uh, what would people like us to have done in year two of videos? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's ideal. <laughs> Make yourself sad and think yeah. about what could have been. Yeah, what could have been. You can still tell be. your friends, though. You may have seen we've made minimal effort over the past couple of weeks. There's a pinned, <laughs> a relevant pinned tweet now on our profile. There's a relevant pinned post on Facebook. Uh, we're now labeling each podiat's thread so you can find them. So it's not just, you know, a picture of Dave. No, yeah. <laughs> we don't have a website yet, and at this rate, it'll never happen. But, mm-hmm. hey, tell your friends. We'd appreciate it. Right, look after yourselves, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.